podcast this is your host nate bailey and for more info on this podcast and everything else that i'm up to you can please check me out at my website www.natebaileyspeaks.com i'm excited for our guest today he's a serial entrepreneur works with six and seven figure uh, digital marketing agencies and coaches and consultants and helps them to grow and just really level up their themselves and their businesses inside of that space. He's got an incredible story, just uh awesome guy to talk to. Bobby Stocks from St. Pete, Florida. And uh it's just awesome, awesome, awesome story. Uh funny dude, easy to talk to and, and just had a great time with him today. So with that, uh you can check him out at bobbystocks.com. You can find him on uh Facebook Bobby Stocks, and uh, for more information, send him a message, check him out. Uh, great conversation, like I said. So with that, I'm going to uh, introduce you to Bobby Stocks. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast, and uh, I'm excited today. We got Bobby Stocks with us from St. Pete, Florida. Uh, thank you for, for joining us. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like to kick off our conversation with this question first to kind of get things started. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Championship leadership to me really, uh, it means that, you know, you don't quit when the, uh, when the going gets tough. Actually it reminds me of uh, my best friend. I was born and raised just outside of Philadelphia in an area uh, called Delaware County. My best friend's still there. And uh, his son, his son's incredible at basketball. Uh, and they just won their city championship. Um, but in the beginning of that year, you know, they lost the first, I think, six games straight. We're totally out of it, you know, and he coaches the team. Yeah. And it's like amazing, you know, when there's those stories, which, you know, it happened recently with our Philadelphia Eagles, right? It's like, yeah, no doubt. and that's what everybody really remembers. And I think that's, that's the biggest, you know, when those things kind of don't work out is really when you can truly find yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I was just reading through your story inside of your uh, website, and uh, you definitely have one of those stories as well. Why don't you tell the listeners, for those that aren't super familiar with you, a little bit about your background and how you've kind of gotten to where you are today and what you're up to today and the path that you're on. Yeah, so like I said, born and raised uh, just outside of uh, Philadelphia, stone throw away from West Philly, and um, only child, you know, had the stereotypical blue collar Irish Catholic family, which is mainly everybody in my, in that area. You know, father was a, a union carpenter, mom stayed at home. You know, I had entrepreneurship spirit, leadership spirit in me from an early age. Uh, I always laugh about looking back. I had the iced tea stands when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, when you could get away with that type of stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, back yeah. in the early nineties, late eighties, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that I can, I'm sure they shut that down, but yeah, we, we used to set it up on the corner. We had our little stop signs. We'd jump in front of the cars and we'd sell cups of iced tea for, you know, 25, 50 cents. But even back then, you know, I was quick to catch on. And so every year I'd, I'd set it up. I'd show the kids younger than me exactly what to do. Jump in front of the car, hold your stop <laughs> sign, scream and yell. And uh, I'll pay you. So I already was kind of like starting to build teams and, and businesses kind of then. Our biggest take, I think one day we made close to $500. And what wow. I, what I did was my dad used to bring me to the sports games. And um, that year, the, uh, the Phillies had gone and they were in, in the playoffs. And the one game he brought us to, they had those uh, commemorative cups at the end, you know, the yeah. big bolts. Yeah. And everybody left him. So we waited until everybody laughed. And he took me around and I collected all the cups. So we had all these cups that said, uh, National League Championship or whatever. So we sold the iced tea out of the cups, right? So we were able to mark <laughs> the price up on the cups. Yeah, right. Uh, because everybody wanted the cups. So yeah. you know, that was just kind of how it was. But I, I ended up getting, you know, I started drinking and getting into drugs at an early age. I think I started, you know, drinking and, and smoking weed and stuff like that in fifth grade. Up until uh, when I turned 25, I ended up getting sober. And it, it just, you know, so I, I really created a lot of wreckage in that period of time. Yeah. Um, got arrested a ton, convicted felon, all that stuff. You know, I kind of like came to at 25 and was really leading kind of a double lifestyle. I was smart on my feet and uh, I was actually a really, really good chef. I went to culinary school and, you know, it's kind of one of the only industries that you can be like a complete scumbag in (laughs) and like still be somewhat uh, successful. So at that point I was, I was actually had, I was an executive chef at a a high end country club, basically like somehow holding on to this job, partying every night, strung out. And at 25, I kind of, you know, I had like a, a moment of realization and whatever you want to call it, basically, you know, I saw what my life had become and didn't want that anymore and, you know, got sober. And I think at that time's really where I started to really 
look at myself, look at what I wanted in my life, look at everything that had been going on. I just had kind of drowned myself in partying for so many years and really started to discover like self-work and, you know, started listening to Tony Robbins, started getting involved in what do I believe spiritually and Mm -hmm. just getting to know myself in the world that I felt like I really did feel like I woke up like I'm 25 years old and I have no idea what I've done with the last X amount of years besides just drink and party. And that's really where the desire, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit actually started to come back to life. Yeah. And I had a lot that I had to face, right? So, you know, I had all the wreckage I had created. I had to face that. The fact that, you know, I'm a convicted felon. I had to face that. And, you know, that, that struggle and that, like, that was the game, kind of the game that I created and the game that I felt that I kind of woke up to the spirit of leadership and championship and and having to say like, all right, how do, how do I play this game? How do I want to win it? And do I want to play a victim or do to everything or do I want to, you know, own it? Yeah. That's pretty incredible that you, you know, cause you hear a lot of, a lot of people with those stories and they just never, they're somehow, they're just never able to, to escape it. Right. Yeah. But you have this moment and call it what you want. And, uh, and then like, kind of like that, like you were sober from that point on. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then so. you go and you, you buy a dog wife's <laughs> like, Hey, you need a fence for the dog. <laughs> you start looking at how to build fences and all of a sudden you got a fence building business. And that's kind of what takes you into what you're doing today. Right. Like, uh, figure out how to run ads and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, towards the end of 2011, um, I had been at that country club for nine years. I had been the head chef for, uh, almost eight of that time. It's like, look, I wasn't destitute. Like I had a good job. Yeah. I was making relatively good money. You know what I mean? For a guy in my position was taking home over 60 K a year. I had the benefits, you know, mm-hmm. I had, a, I'd managed a big team and like a lot of my friends were like, dude, you got it sweet. Yeah. But again, like it was just, man, I was just gnawing inside. Wow. I was just like, this isn't, this isn't what I envisioned. I made a decision, a hard decision at the end of 2011. Before that, I, I really started to say like, all right, I'm going to get into business somehow. You know, I had the, the old mindset still where it's like, okay, I'll go to school for business. Yeah, right. And I was like, I'll, you know, I'm going to grind. I'll start at community college, uh, which is what I did. So do, mm-hmm. while I was running the, the restaurant, I was also going to community college in the morning. I had to take two, two grades of high school math again, just to get back into to the college <laughs> math. And I was like determined, man. I I was like ace and everything. I got through those two grades in, I think it was like a month and a half. I just, you know, and really I discovered that things that I had failed at in the past that I thought I was just like dumb. It was actually just focus. It was focus Mm -hmm. and just believing in hard work equals results uh, versus like I'm good or bad at something. Like I think I had which I think a lot of people have this where they just define that they're not good at something because they had failed before. Right. Right. And I just realized that like for me to be, to, to get through this, I have to show up four hours before class. And that's what I started doing. Like 
instead, like, I'm not going to get through this by doing something, you know, half effort. Like I thought in the past that, Oh, you know, this should be easier. So, you know, I got through that and I started like running into a lot of different roadblocks. I had big aspirations. I was like, I'm going to go to community college. I'm going to then go to temple. And then I'm going to try to get into Wharton school business. Right. And I started seeing that with my felony conviction, you know, it was a aggravated assault or a deadly weapon and all this other stuff that, man, I'm going to run into a lot of obstacles here. And at the end of uh, 2011, you know, I made a decision that I was going to quit my job and I was just going to go all in and I was going to figure it out. Now at this time, everybody calls me Bobby Stocks, actually not my last name. I was day trading on the side and my friends started calling me Stocks. Okay. You know, (laughs) I had actually gotten... You, you know, you can't trade pe- penny stocks and be good, but yeah. you can be yeah. relatively good. Um, so, you know, this, I had this idea that I was going to quit my job and I was going to try to be like a financial advisor, stock trader or something like that. And I was trying to work some relationships where I could get around my record to be able to you know, get in this position. And it looked like everything was lining up for me. So I decided to quit my job. Uh, totally walked out. Everything didn't end up working out <laughs> for me. <right. laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and all that kind of like developed right after I quit the job. So I got the dog, which I still have uh, today. First oh. dog I ever had, went out and get a blue nose pit bull. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Would not recommend, you know, very high energy. They're crazy. Yeah. Hell. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's really like how my, my story of entrepreneurship begun was with that dog. I bought the dog. Wife was on me. No offense. Literally a joke with a friend. The friend, you know, I told him I built it. I just built this whole fence myself. And my buddy laughed and said, I bet you, you know, you're going to like think about starting a fencing business. (laughs) And uh, I, you know, I kind of joked. And later that night I was like, might not be a bad idea. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and I put an ad up on Craigslist and yeah. two weeks later, somebody responded to it. I went out there with, you know, I had a Toyota Corolla. I went out, my phone, <laughs> I showed the guy, I said, look, I have no, <laughs> this idea is my fence. <laughs> I, said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm out of a job. I will, you know, here's the fence I just built. I will do this for like day wage. And it's like, the right pieces always kind of fall in place. Mm-hmm. The guy was like, hey man, I get it. I'm a contractor. I, I severed a tendon and I've been out on workman's comp. And he said, I'll show you what to do. I just can't do it myself. That's awesome. And he's like, we got a deal. He's like, I'll pay 150 bucks a day. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and that's like where it all started. And then I partnered with another guy who had a truck that was also out of a job. Yeah. And, uh, I started, you know, teaching myself marketing, using Craigslist, doing multiple postings. Ultimately, fast forward into like towards the end of 2012, I started messing with Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where we, we started to take off. Yeah. From that point on, I, you know, I started get, I got really good at Facebook ads. 
and we grew, we grew the fencing business, you know, multiple crews, sales team, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that um, transitioned out of that in 2016 into like, I'm going to be a full on marketing guy. Cause that's, yeah. I realized that was like totally me. And so now that's what you do is you help other, other entrepreneurs that want looking to start their own agencies, correct? Yeah. So we have a, a lot of different stuff. Um, I would say like, I'm good. Like, People look at me as like a guy who's really good at Facebook ads, but mm-hmm. my real skill set is just what made me so good in the kitchen. It's just like problem solving strategy. Yes. Currently right now we have, I have three different businesses. So I, I have the original one where we, you know, we help uh, local businesses like done for you ads and we've specialized a lot in the mortgage space and, now we're, we're, I've kind of gone back to helping a lot of contractors on top of that. And then over time that, that actually transitioned into where, you know, a couple of years ago I started wanting to, you know, for me, it's like, I'm always, I'm addicted to the challenge of stuff. Yeah. Um, so once I got that up, I moved on and I started getting into the high ticket space on how to run high ticket ads and started taking clients on that. Uh, a lot of like Sam Ovens guys, Rob Bailey helped yeah. him scale all his stuff, Josh Harris. And I started getting into like, how do you run ads for high ticket services and coaching programs? How do those funnels work? And I got really good at that. And then in uh, the end of 2018, you know, I was running these accounts where I was watching these guys make three, $400,000 a month off of like every, and just like, I'm like, okay, like I'm making a couple thousand a month off. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So, um, middle 2018, I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what started, uh, uh, one of our companies, which really now we operate is, is very, very much like a, uh, like a, um, publishing company. So I have a, a number of different, uh, courses that are, my team does all the back end. So we do the ads, I have in-house copywriters, we have a like total film crew, CFO, controller, accountants, like sales staff, you name it. Everything on the back end, the funding, um, I front it, and then uh, we have partners that are on the front end. So I so we own I'm 50% owner of the business, they're on the front, and my team manages everything on the back. That's mainly what I, like what I focus on. Out of that, a couple of years ago, we ended up starting a software company back mm-hmm. in two thousand uh, end of two thousand seventeen, um, and I had a whole other group of partners there. You know, we've grown that to a seven figure. What's the software? Uh, it's called Contact Smarter. It came out of the necessity back in two thousand seventeen of us generating leads. You know, so it's a it's a follow up software. It's got really yeah. high speed surveys and appointment bookings and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's like what this is all turned into. Yeah. Um, you know, I went from trying to work in this fencing company, you know, in the beginning digging yeah. holes myself at 30 years old with a post hole digger yeah. to at any given time where we were pulling in anywhere from, you know, four hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars a month. Now yeah. between everything, that's incredible, man. What a great story. Uh, appreciate you sharing that too. Along that way, who are there? 
Are there any championship leaders, coaches, mentors that, that impacted you and helped you kind of get to where you are today? And like really more importantly than who they are is like, what would it be? What is it about them that, that you really took or st stood out for you as a leader that maybe you've even taken and helped kind of mold who, who you are as a leader today? Yeah, I would say there's definitely, definitely a few guys. And it was just, just before this call, I was on with my, my current coach now. And, but, you know, the first guy that really helped me was this guy named Brian Ryder, uh, who I'm still friends with today. And, uh, you know, he was, I was referred to this guy, like when I first got into the marketing world, right. And, and Brian, um, Brian's been working, uh, consulting for businesses since he was very young at 20 and it's worked with billionaires. And some, some guy said, you need to talk to Brian. And I yeah. get on the phone with Brian and I'm telling him all my scenarios, you know, and at this point, you know, I'm like online, I'm like not making anything. Yeah. Um, and he's, He's, you know, sitting there saying, well, it's $30,000 to work with me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know, like the idea of paying somebody $30,000 yeah. for coaching is so beyond like the, the reality that I lived in right. at that time. Right. And he coached me anyway. He basically said like, you know, I can't help you like to the extent that I help my clients but what I can tell you is that I can hear it in you. I hear that there's something there and I won't make the money from you, but I'll make, it'll come to me from someone else. Yeah. So he basically said that, That's you awesome, know, man. you know, it'll come back to him. Yeah. And right. um, this guy like just constantly, we'd be on the phone and he would just talk about how easy it is to make $30,000 in a month. And yeah. Like, it was just like, ah, oh, I'm getting so angry at him. Um, <laughs> and he stuck with me through all that. And the funny thing is, is at this point, my wife was still working a corporate job. And she finally wanted to get out. And she wanted to start doing it, something that I was like, man, you should talk to Brian. And my <laughs> wife ended up paying Brian $30,000. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, I told you it would come yeah, somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but Brian, Brian really, Brian did not let me get away with the argument that, that making money is hard. Mm -hmm. And like today, if I made $30,000 in a month, like there'd be a big problem. Yeah, right. Like things right. would not be going well in the business. Yep. And it's like, it's wild to think like, man. It's quite the shift, right? Like the first couple years of me being in entrepreneurship, the first year, I think I made $15,000 in a, in a whole year. And if I think about how hard that was, yeah, it's unbelievable what the difference between like doing things effectively and strategy as opposed to coming from a context of I have to physically work extremely hard and be desperate to get money. It's like the, you know, the more desperate you are, the harder it is to get what you want. Um, yeah. And he used to beat that type of stuff into me. You know, you would say things like wanting is degrading and like <laughs> all this crazy stuff. Um, and he really laid the, the foundation from there. 
And then, you know, over the years, it's just, there's just been other guys like him um, that have said, you know, little things that have popped in that were always very simple and fundamental mm-hmm. that, that make those big shifts. And it always reminds me to listen to Tony Robbins when I first got into to like this type of stuff where he would always talk about the golf ball, right? Like a small yeah. millimeter twist with your hand over a period of time creates a huge gap in performance. Right. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. That's great. I love it. And, um, you know, I'm sure more than that 30,000 has, has come back to, to your friend as well oh, yeah. <laughs> with, with the relationship that he, he built and, and saw in you, you know, I think that is, it's great. Championship leaders, they, they're able to see something in, in others that maybe that person can't even see in themselves. Right. And there's just something and they're able to listen to that. And, and uh, that, that's incredible. What's, uh, what's on the horizon for you, the vision of what you want to do, where you want to go over the next short term here, maybe five years impact you want to make. It sounds like you've, it's a, it's compounding quickly for you, right? Like you get the song. Yeah. And I mean, I'll tell you exactly like, you know, the last number of years I was like really, really focused on just more, like give me more and more and more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that really burned me out. You know, I think I'm, I'm going through that, that natural growing pains of, I didn't have much of anything. I had big aspirations of more. I had a bunch of breakthroughs. Really, my big breakthrough came at the end of 2016, moving 2017, where I went from like doing four, $8,000 a month in my, my agency. And I had this big breakthrough where really, I, I just realized how committed I was to, I had been so committed to looking good. So I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't like just going all out and, and not caring about like not making it my business of what possibly other people were thinking of mm-hmm. who I was being. From making that shift, we went from like that to like $30,000 a month and never looked back. Yeah. Um, so in that, I really like caught like more, 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 be more, jump out and be more always the next hit and now like I've really like especially last year man I really wore myself out I was I was like pushing I wanted to be doing a million dollars a month and it was uh, it wasn't really anything to it you know I moved to Puerto Rico to avoid taxes I got a gigantic big mansion in Puerto Rico and it was just like and I definitely got to the spot where I just realized like it doesn't it's just like, it's the, the hit from that. It's just gone in a second. Right. It's like, yeah, it doesn't do it. There's nothing there. There's no real purpose to it. Um, and it's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And that's really like, like I just started getting back into to having mentors again. And so now really like my life is about like, okay, yeah, I have, I still have like big sales goals, but it's, it's going to be like on my terms, right? Because yeah. really I, I created that as the, the all, like this is the almighty target, which then meant that it had nothing to do with like, well, do I want to work a hundred hours a week? 
right? right. Do I want to yeah. be pulled left, right, and center? Yeah. What's the point? It's like, yeah. that's where I got to where it wouldn't matter how much money we could make in one day. I didn't own my life. Yeah. Big shift in priorities and what's really important to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's, you know, kind of just more of the lifestyle and quality of life. So, so really it's like now it's, everything is about, you know, how, how does, how's everything set up right? Is it set up based off like what I want my life to look like and fit into that plan mm-hmm. rather than, you know, my life have to fit into to the plan of however the business takes. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. helps you make a lot of decisions a lot quicker in a, in a better way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's, um, I saw, I, w- I was uh, scoping your Instagram out. You, you like, you like cigars. Yes. Oh yeah. I am a big cigar guy too. Uh, oh, no way. <laughs> how did that happen? I'll- um, so on my, uh, my, my bachelor party, a buddy of mine had some cigars and he said, come on. And at yeah. that point, cause I used to smoke cigarettes and I quit for like six years. Okay. And he's like, smoke a cigar. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I was like, yeah, I am with that stuff. Like, <laughs> and I smoked one and it was like a month later. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll have another one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, like a month later than that, I joined the cigar lounge and, you know, became a connoisseur. And, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I got my cigar lounge buddies still back from Philly and we'll go on trips to the Nicaragua and uh-huh. the Republic and all oh, that cool. stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. I was just on a, a podcast actually with a guy. He's, he owns a cigar uh, lounge in Phoenix called oh, yeah? Torchies. And uh, so next time I'm down there, I got to definitely go check that out. You should definitely check it out. If you're ever in that area, good dude, John Harrington. But anyway, um, let's, let's, uh, we start to wrap this up, respect your time here. What, if, if there were one or two things that we could leave the listeners with that, like if they were able to, if they implemented today, that it would help them move forward today in their life, what would that be? Uh, yeah. So the biggest thing that that's always that like really helped me, especially like in my breakthrough and it still applies today. I just look at it in a finer tooth comb now is one of my, my main partner, my software company, brilliant guy, Christian has a law degree, has a degree in manufacturing, literally a genius. You know, he's got like a certificate to show that his IQ is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he's, he's a partner in the software. He handles all that crazy stuff with, you know, when it comes to software. But uh-huh. when I first met him in 2017, he, uh, he talked about, he basically summed up what he learned in business school and yeah. into a simple thing. He was like, here's basically, I'll save you, you know, the $200,000. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, there's, you know, there's basically five pillars of, of a good business. You know, you have finances, you have sales, marketing, systems, and then client retention and stuff like that. And he said the ability for somebody to be good in all five of those is extremely, extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing that, that then I like started really like taking his idea and thinking about it. And I realized that most people are good at two and those two, they're actually only really good at one at, you know, and it's kind of yeah. like a right hand, a left hand. Right. right. And it's like that idea of the one thing, right? So, you're, yeah. so everybody's got this zone of genius 
inside one of those. You know, people are, some people are great at sales. Some people are great at marketing. Some people are great at fulfillment, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Some people are great at uh, client retention or relationships. And then some people are just great at financing and the books like that. So, you know, it's really diving into that. And that's what happened when my business really took off. I realized that my, I am incredible at marketing, mm-hmm. right? Coming yeah. up with offers, coming up with how they should be pitched. And my second best thing is fulfillment because the fulfillment, so that's my non-dominant. My dominant is marketing. The fulfillment, it's the tool that allows me to confirm my hypothesis on my marketing or my strategy, right? So I need to always stay in this dominant, non-dominant inside my business, which means Mm -hmm. I don't touch sales. I haven't done a sales call since the beginning of 2017. The second I realized this, I stopped doing sales. Yeah. I don't handle any of my finances. I don't handle any of the books. That's all done. I don't talk to clients. You'll never see me do a client retention call or anything like that. I stay in two things. I come up with a theory. I come up with a strategy. Then I might test it because I, but once I figure it out, I'm not doing it over and over again. And what I see so many entrepreneurs do is the more they play around in stuff that they're not good at, the more miserable they get. And then they want to switch business models. Yeah. And it's the grass is greener on, you know, and they're just constantly jumping from one thing to the next to the next because they're not tapping into their passion. You know, everybody's, your passion isn't like a thing outside of you. It's a feeling that you get when you do something. It has nothing to do with what it is that you're doing. It's a feeling that you get out of doing something, right? Like I have multiple passions, fishing, playing nine ball, pool, marketing, but it's in doing those things, they both challenge me in the same way. It's like a strategy. It's like a game, right? It's like a, it's, you know, what lure do I have to use? It's a patience. I got to yeah. test a bunch of stuff. You know, pool, I'm playing against myself. It's not against the other guy and it's positioning, right? It's all similar. So I need to tap into the passion of it and then I'll stay fulfilled. And when I realized that, it didn't matter. I mean, I could have a, a Q-tip company and as long as I stay in the strategy of growing the Q-tip company, I'll probably feel like I'm, you know, doing something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, that's great advice. Absolutely. And if you're listening, which you are, um, yeah, take some notes on that one. Sooner you can get out of the things that you're not any good at, the better. And the funny thing is it was easy for me to find other people who were excellent at those other parts because Everybody, like 99% of people suffer from this. So the guy who's great at sales is probably also trying to do marketing. He's probably also trying yep, to do right. And he's miserable too. Yeah. All you're doing is you're just setting people free and you're giving them an environment where they can succeed, which has so been another part of my success is that people on my team are all A players. Because mm-hmm. I basically say, hey, I'm going to give you a platform where you only have to do what you're passionate about. And there's somebody to do the parts that you're not, and I don't want you touching any of that stuff. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, what are the best ways we, the listeners can find out more about you and what you're up to? My website, which needs to get updated, 
uh, bobbystocks.com or on Facebook, Bobby Stocks on Facebook. Um, you can always send me a message. Perfect. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you, know. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, babe.